welcome to Buenta Vista episode 129. I'm Andrew. Uh, I'm here with my friend Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Hello. Ben. Hey. Hi. Is that is that short for Benjamin? It is short for Benjamin. That's 100% correct, yes. Great. Is okay. Andrew short for... Yeah. Andrathon. 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 No. Okay. Got a full name. I've got an uncut name, if mm. you will. <laughs> Don't know about that. <laughs> Theo, I believe you're uncut as well. Theo uh, has a circumcised name, actually. I do not have a circumcised name. You do. It's it's not. You haven't shortened it yourself. It was shortened for you against your will as a baby. No, no, no. It was that <laughs> length when I was born. <laughs> and it remains intact. I think, oh. yeah, sorry, Andrew. What you're trying to say is that his is shorter than the normal one. Right. But it has not been shortened. <laughs> no, not artificially shortened. <laughs> no. And I find a lot of girls actually quite like my name. <laughs> oh. oh, they like it. It's uh, it's not it's not too big. It's to not too unwieldy. <laughs> you know, sometimes if a name is it's, too long, you just don't know what to do with it. It's easy to handle. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A single mouth. A single mouthful of name. Yeah. Which we all. Uh huh. <laughs> which we all love. Yep. Uh, oh, I also thought of that and then avoided it, guess. but that's okay. <clears throat> Great stuff, everybody. We like to open the podcast with some, I guess, just mildly offensive stuff. Uh, we're working blue. Working, working <laughs> blue. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, so, hey, little update on a story that we've spoken about in the past which is uh, all of the Israel Falau religious discrimination bill kind of stuff. Uh, one rugby player said a bunch of stupid shit on social media. His workplace, like most people's workplaces now, said, you know, you can't actually do that and fired him. And he said, hey, I'm going to take my million dollars, ask a bunch of other dipshits for millions of dollars via GoFundMe. Uh, and then me and Rugby Australia will settle with each other outside of court for an undisclosed sum, apologize to one another, and the $3 million raised through GoFundMe for my legal battle will go somewhere? I'm guessing well, that's, in the, uh, into his pocket. That's some walking around money, baby. That, that's, now he can really get it. cash in the bank. Now you got a now you got a war fund for whatever kind of public discrimination. Oh, I'd love like to have to a war chest. Oh, what a yeah. what a dream, right? Like you you're going about your life. You got various kind of uh, you got shit you got to do. You got shit you got to take care of. Where are you gonna pay for that shit from the old war chest? You just dip mm. into the war chest. You dip it's into the war easy. chest. Oh, full of doubloons, bullion, guns. Mm-hmm. I assume there are guns in the war chest. In the war chest. Well, you would hope so. Oh, you'd bloody hope so. And indeed. if there aren't, you can turn some of the balloon into guns. That's true. That's pirate talk now. On the on the <laughs> on the free market. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody rear-ends you in traffic, uh, drives off. What do you do? You turn around. Uh, well, you first you get out. You walk around. You pop the trunk. And what's in there? But your war chest, baby. Uh, overflowing. I'm imagining like the classic kind of pirate 
chest where it's it's too full to be closed properly you know mm. there's there's big um doubloons spilling out red rubies big red rubies whereas i'm kind of it. picturing uh that it's absolutely full to the brink of foot picks huh that's How? uh that's what's that's what's in the war chest just invaluable foot picks surely that's more of a foot locker kind of fuck off mm. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> no. Anyway, Israel If you're Falau, at home, don't laugh at that. Go back in time. Don't encourage him. Rewind the, the show. Use the little minus 30 seconds thing on your mm-hmm. podcast app and then do not chuckle. Go back in time to that. make sure to tell Andrew to fuck himself. Yep. Uh, so Israel Falau now has one of these so that if he's just cruising around and somebody offends him, he's like... Ooh, baby. He can do the thing where he interlocks his uh, fingers, turns his palms outward, cracks mm-hmm. all of his knuckles, and he says, yep. time for some bigotry. Yep, and opens up the war chest. Unload. So I'm going to pay for it with this. He can be like, I, I already have a multi, multi-million dollar war chest from another bout of heavyweight discrimination that I didn't even have to spend. I got money for doing that. Which like is, how, you know, uh, how Uber, when they illegally launched in Australian cities, they just paid for everyone's fines. So they're like, hey, you, you're doing crimes, but we're just going to pay for it. So it doesn't really count as doing a crime. Hmm. He's got that money sitting there. He can do any hate crime he wants. He's got his uh, hate crime war chest. A hate crime pass. Ooh. Yikes. We will never issue one of no, those. No, you'll never hear one of them on the <laughs> no. show. Not from this show, no. Uh, So, the update on this is that despite seemingly there no longer being a kind of public uh, impetus for this uh, law to be done, this this was the whole kind of thing where if we all remember a former Attorney General, George Brandis, saying, hey, people have a right to be a bigot, which you love to hear from your elected leaders. Uh, so they're just kind of pushing on with this one. It's been sort of stalling uh, repeatedly because they put forward a draft and um, lots of religious leaders say, this doesn't give us enough right to discriminate. What's the point? What's the point if I can't discriminate enough, you know? Without purpose. But the second draft has arrived. Um, apparently, it's going to have wide-ranging effects on many areas of public life, including access to medical services, schooling, employment, social media, aged care, hospitals, and even some commercial services. All that places I've that- definitely sat down <coughs> and thought, you know what these things could need uh, is more discrimination. I have often been, um, let's say I've been, I've been getting a roll of film processed. That thing people do all the time oh, now. I mean, ben, do you still do that? Do. <laughs> uh, yeah, relatively frequently, yes. Yeah, okay. So, let's say Quite you went fast down there. In Check them out. It's not a paid sponsorship, but they do a good job. Mm-hmm. They have to put up with your nudes. Uh, day well, in, day out. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's say that you go down there um, and, and you, you put in another roll of film and they say, uh, yeah, maybe I can do that for you, but... Um, you look suspiciously unmarried. Have you been having unmarried sex? Uh, and you say, yeah. And they go, oh, well, you're going to hell. And they slam the, the little door shut on the, the... It's like a booth that's shaped like a camera. 
slam the little door shut and you can't get your film done now. It, that's the future we've like a camera. It's a big camera. Uh-huh. The guy's looking at you out of the lens porthole okay. type thing. Oh, wow. Sure. Hmm. It's like the uh, it's like the Bluth banana stand, but camera style. But camera, you know. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe it would probably make more sense for it to be like a roll of film, you know, more cylindrical kind of thing. You wouldn't have to build it, but then you wouldn't have space to get all the stuff developed. Oh, my goodness. It's a logistical nightmare <laughs> trying to develop a building that is the shape of camera equipment within which you can get your anachronistic film developed. Well, I mean, maybe if it was in the shape of a twin lens reflex camera, because uh, that is a tall oblong, and also it's got two different lenses on it, one at the top, one at the bottom, so you could you could look out through the top lens uh, and then the bottom hole. I won't go into detail, but I'm going to call it the rude hole. <laughs> <laughs> the camera's anus, if you will. Oh my goodness! Um, most cameras have a cloaca setup. <laughs> True, it's just the one <laughs> hole, the in and out. Yeah, um, but would would your average punter recognize that as a traditional camera, though? Or would they say that's a weird building? No, they just walk I think on people with their know. Roll, like rolls of film spilling out of their arms, that <laughs> carrying too many rolls of film, and they don't know where to get them developed. Oh, I just can't carry all of these rolls of film. You're like the stock photo guy. God damn it. So, a question that we've been asking <laughs> on this podcast, uh, and maybe even in other places. Uh, when when this conversation came up in the past, was, it was always like people saying, hey, these days, you can't even say things. You're Australian, yep, because you get can't arrested. Even, and they'll can't throw even you say in jail. They throw you straight in jail. These days. These days. <laughs> the, the PC police will come... The PC police will come and they will lock you up. They'll put you inside one of these uh, socialist SJW gulags. And a very effective question to ask when this sort of thing comes up is, what exactly is it that you want to say and you are currently being prevented from saying? And I feel like that was a very effective question until they produced the answers, uh, which are <laughs> nightmarish. Until they produced a comprehensive list as part of this second draft of the religious discrimination bill. Um, I, I kind of assumed before this point <clears throat> that the only effective answer to this question was the N-word. I want to shout the N-word in the street and society won't let me and that's why my society is bad and full of SJWs. I, that, that's kind of what I what I thought people were getting at when they would say, "Hey, political correctness has gone psycho." But, I mean, you joke about that, but that that whole situation cuts both ways. I mean, we had the Coney twenty twelve guy. Um, I feel like destroyed in his prime just because he went <laughs> mad and whacked off in the street. <laughs> uh, let he who is without sin. Uh huh. Yep. The first, Jerk off in so the on. street the first time. Yep. Uh, so here, here from the second draft of the Religious Discrimination Bill are the examples of the kind of things that would now be protected speech under this bill. And, and, and I would just say, uh, buckle up, because um, I don't think anyone's going to enjoy these. Just no. Just on a like a qualitative level, uh, <laughs> this this sucks. Why? 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 Yeah, look, we'll get into this. But we, will, we will get into why? it. Why? Like, l- let me hear you with some of these examples of 
protected cases, uh, like protected statements of religious belief, and ask yourself as we're going through this, what percentage of the Australian public do you think wants this as a protected form of speech in public life? Here we go. So the protection received here is that statements of religious belief will not be found to breach other federal, state, and territory discrimination laws. So this is like uh, a nationally Veto. superseding version of these laws. So even it's if you have complete carte blanche, it's like in the comic book series A Hundred Bullets, except instead of getting a gun that you can't be prosecuted for doing crimes with, uh, you get a homophobic slur that you can't be prosecuted for doing crimes with. Yeah, so even if your local um, state or city or council or whatever has specific laws about this, this will now supersede those. So here are some of the examples they give you of things that you can say that will now be protected speech. Uh, a Christian may say that unrepentant sinners will go to hell. An example cited in uh, the case which mirrors the facts of Israel Falau's case. A doctor may tell a transgender patient of their religious belief that God made men and women in his image and that gender is therefore binary. You gotta love having a doctor who says, science, that's one thing, uh, but my God buddy tells me in his, his special book. Is that the kind of doctor that we're after here? Like, you just walk out, surely. Like, if they were, like, halfway through being like, hey, we're, we're going to start you on hormone replacement, just letting you know, in the Bible, you'd be like, by the time Bible has come out, you're just standing up okay. walking out the door. It's like, peace. You're yep. not going to be paid for this one. Uh, bye. A, here's another example. A single mother who, when dropping her child off at daycare, may be told by a worker that she is sinful for denying her child a father. <laughs> God damn I'm assuming, um, I'm just assuming here that this is if you are a gay parent or if you, uh, like, have, have um, I don't know, if you've adopted or had IVF or, or if whatever. you're a yeah. victim of domestic violence. Or your husband died, maybe, in a car crash. This supposed to be like, hey, um, little Jessica was great today. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really good with colours. Yep. Hey, just by real the way, quick. Yep. Um, you're actually uh, morally corrupt because your husband died. Uh, Go and fuck now yourself. You haven't just immediately married someone else. Um, have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, hey, loving your progress. How about I'm, this I'm one? enjoying how all of these are just slotted into everyday conversation as well. <laughs> In between talking about the weather and what you're doing tonight. Just like, yep. by the uh, way. Yep. You are destined for eternal hellfire. Yeah. How about this one? Because, um, like, wh- one of the things, one of the things that people talked about with, you know, stuff like the Israel Fallout case was when somebody says publicly, I think that all of these types of people who are different to me are all going to burn in hell for all of eternity for being these, like, disgusting, unrepentant sinners. And the question is kind of like, yeah, okay, but let's say you work with this guy. How are you meant to keep working with him on a day-to-day basis, knowing that he feels like this about you. So, here's another example um, of, again, protected statements of religious belief under this, this new draft bill. A woman may be told by her manager that women should submit to their husbands or that a woman should not be employed outside the home. 
how how are you supposed to go into work like let's say for example that this protection would apply in the public service you just go into your office job in the public service and have your boss casually tell you um i th- i think actually that you should just be at home um they like women shouldn't be allowed to have jobs and that you should be at home just begging for your husband's approval and doing what you're told by the way i am the person that fills in all of your um evaluations yeah. uh, to see um, whether you get a raise or not at the end of this and also you can't do anything about this just just by the by you yep. you can go fuck yourself um see you tomorrow how about uh, how about this one? A student with a disability may be told by a teacher that their disability is a trial imposed by God. Like, uh, who is thinking up these examples? I, absolutely, I feel like there's a real brainstorming process going on. Just like, all right, guys, let's. I know it's late, but let's let's do this. What what the fuck else uh, can we come up with? It, no idea, too small, too big. Uh, <coughs> You want to tell a woman she looks like a rat? Uh, fine, we'll chuck that in there. That's that's a okay. Um, uh, what else? Dogs are born from eggs. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, <let's laughs> all right, all right. Now, all right. Here's the here's the last example on the statements of religious belief section because there's multiple sections here. Now I'm going to I'm going to give you a shot and a chaser here. I'm going to give you the old one two, the double whammy. Of the final example followed immediately by the caveats to these exemptions. And let's see if we can make any sense out of this, okay? A person of a minority faith may be told by a retail assistant from another religion that they are a, quote, heathen destined for eternal damnation. Caveats. Statements must be made in good faith. Must not be malicious or harass, vilify, or incite hatred against a person or group. Mm. How exactly can a retail assistant tell a customer from another religion that they are a heathen destined for eternal damnation in good faith and without maliciously harassing that person? Well, I feel like there's a there's a great degree of them. Um, the belief that by by telling people this, right, that they will be saved, right, that they will go, oh, cool, I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, I have, I have actually spent my entire life up until this point, point kind of forming my own belief systems um, based on observations about the world that I make around me, um, my my lived experience, so on and so forth. But now that you have told me this, that I am destined for eternal damnation. I am going to actually check the other thing out. I'm going to do the other... Like, that's... That really is, I believe, what they what they see happening and that that's a, that's a, a positive change, right? And it's a, but it's a very old kind of deal, right? Like, I don't feel like that, that the, the modern age of, of, like, young Christians or what have you are really... I feel like this is like something that your that your grandparents would tell you at a at a dinner or something when they realize the way that you've been living your life for the last however long. But like it seems it seems bizarre. And like you said, who is who is this for? And what percentage of Australians uh, are really dying to to tell everybody this? And also, not not just how, that to tell a customer. How have they made at this work. judgment? Is that a for a customer at work? Like. 
Um, yeah, real quick. Um, I've just done done the maths in my head, uh, and uh, turns out uh, I know where you're going after you die. So that's cool. Like I it mean, just doesn't I, make I just, any I sense. I just came me. in. I just came in to get a Dyson Airblade for my mother-in-law for <laughs> well, Christmas, and I wasn't well. expecting to get <laughs> saved. But here I am, and to be honest, there's going to be a tip in it for you. Like, yeah, I just it's it's hard enough. It is hard enough to picture any possible hypothetical context in which this conversation could present itself. In which a conversation could happen where you could be telling a customer in your workplace, you're a retail assistant and you're helping somebody at fucking David Jones or whatever. And it just happens to come up that you realize that they are a different religion to you. And you say, oh, by the way, you filthy fuck, you're going to burn forever. But, uh, but like, you know, I said it in good faith. I just, I, 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 I can't, I can't even begin to, uh, to comprehend oh, the so context this- where this comes up organically and which then drives us back to who are the people who are advocating for this saying... Yeah, this this is a thing that I want to be a form of protected speech. Like, not just protected speech, but who could even look at this and say, and who could look at this and and interpret in any kind of good faith way that this is a statement that could be made to a customer in your workplace in a way that was not harassment or in good faith. Um. Also, like, I'm I'm scanning down the employment section as well, and there's there's absolutely all all of the examples. Uh, people doing things that are counter to the actual um, purpose and deal of their job, right? There's nowhere in there that says you can necessarily fire, for example, a doctor who is a Jehovah's Witness who refuses to perform blood transfusions, mm. right? Like, like there is nothing in the list there that says, hey, we can... Uh, that's that's fine if we want to construct this strange world where you can say and do anything you like. Um, that it actually goes the the other way, and and if you've got someone who is in a position of of power who who does not hold those beliefs, that you could say, hey, uh, my belief is that uh, you're shitty at your job uh, because you're a huge asshole um, because you keep telling people uh, that they are. Uh, absolute devils, right? So you're fired, but I can't see that anywhere in in there. I assume probably haven't scrolled down far enough. Well, hold of these. So, so I mean, the thing specifically with medical services that sort of puzzles me is that I through through watching television, uh, I have come to the understanding that there are things that a doctor is supposed to do. There are basic kind of basic beliefs of being a doctor, like the whole first do no harm thing, all that kind of stuff. And if there are, if you have personal beliefs that you feel so strongly must be, you know, prosecuted as part of your being a doctor, that they involve actively withholding treatment from people. How is that not harming people? Hey, maybe there will be some examples in the next section about medical services. Uh, So, the protection received here is that unless it is against the law to refuse treatment, health practitioners are allowed to conscientiously object to providing a health service and no professional rules can override that right. Huh. So, here are some of the examples. 
Example, a Catholic doctor refusing to provide contraception to all patients or to prescribe hormone treatment for gender transition. Uh, so again, I just, I, I don't understand how you can function as a doctor with like whole categories of treatment that you just refuse to prescribe to anybody. If you like wanted to, this, maybe this is the wrong thing to fixate on, but uh, say you wanted to go and get a prescription for the pill, right? Uh, and you don't go to a bulk billing doctor and you walk in. And you say, hello, uh, I am sexually active and I would like to go on the pill. And also I've got some period stuff that I want to deal with or whatever. Hello, doctor. Then, I am DTF. <laughs> I'm, I want to fuck real bad and I'm sick of those bloody condoms. Mm-hmm. But if, if the doctor then says, oh, <laughs> no, I'm not that sort of doctor. I'm Catholic. And then you go, okay. And then you walk out and you pay whatever the excess is. You pay your 37 bucks. Is that... That's how that situation plays out. And you never, ever return? Like, you just... I you don't, tell everybody you know about this psycho doctor? Like, he just says, um, oh, don't fuck, actually. Oh, and uh, period pain is a punishment you're having for being sexually active. So, don't even worry about it. That's an original sin situation that you're encountering there. <laughs> I guess- I'd, yeah, it's it's absolutely baffling. Um, how about a Catholic nurse who refuses to participate in abortion procedures or to provide the morning after pill to a woman admitted to hospital after a sexual assault? Uh, yep, cool person. A what pharmacist you- refusing to provide the pill to women for contraceptive use um, or hormone treatment. So how about this one? A doctor could refuse to prescribe post-exposure prophylaxis, the morning after pill, within the required 72-hour window to a patient whose condom broke during a sexual encounter on the basis of religious beliefs that forbid sexual activity outside of marriage. How the fuck do you even find out? Yeah, so how, who were you burning down with there? Mm, yep, I, yep, no, I see, yep, so, but, uh, not, not married, I hear? How how does this come up? Like, does the doctor say, "Oh, I, yeah, no, no problem at all." Do, hey, do I see a wedding ring there? No. So, who were you having sex with? I assume it was your husband. And they say, "No, I was just having sex." And you go, "Cool, get the fuck out." Like, <laughs> it's extremely puzzling stuff. Oh, here we go, baby. How about this example? A psychiatrist could say to a woman with depression. That, quote, she should be looking forward to the kingdom of heaven. Like, these are just... This is a laundry list of people that should not hold their jobs. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I would, I would basically say these seem to be people who are not capable of fulfilling the, the, the roles that they are in. So, it does say here, um, under the proposed new laws the psychiatrist could challenge their deregistration as religious discrimination while the patient could have their disability discrimination complaint refused. Oh, cool. It's really good that we're um, making sure that all the right people are being protected from discrimination here. Oh, boy. It's just like that this is the religious discrimination bill which, in my understanding, is an attempt to say, 
hey, there's all kinds of discrimination happening against um, people of different religious groups. And uh, we need to make sure that those people are protected. Yet, strangely, every example that they provide is an extremely open and hostile act of discrimination being perpetrated by someone. Yeah, from a religious by group? someone with power on somebody with less power than them. And the whole point is merely to say you are allowed to do your discrimination. Not, and the, I will not say, that it is a religious person being protected from discrimination. Yeah. I also, real quick, um, on Ben's question of, like, is this what it will look like at a, at a doctor's surgery? Um, my my feel from experience in the, in the US is that probably more what it's going to look like is uh, people um, who perhaps may not understand their rights or understand their options that are out there going into a doctor's surgery and being presented with an artificially limited list of options mm. to say, well, these are the things yeah, you can do. Right. Like, like your choice now is to uh, give birth in nine months' time. So, uh, that's that's cool. And we'll be here for, for that, right? Like, that's what we've seen um, in places where these um, these laws really get down to brass tacks uh, in the medical um, situation where uh, people may not even know what they're missing out on as far as as far as options go for for prophylactics and and uh, you know help and all this sort of stuff and therapy right like uh, you know you may you may run into someone who just for religious beliefs uh, doesn't believe in therapy at all and they won't send their patients there. And, I, and those patients may not actually understand that that is an option, which sucks. That sucks big time. Can I, can I do something weird right now? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is a weird thing to do. Okay. This, this is one of these times that I am so genuinely perplexed by the idea that there are any amount of people out there doing this sort of thing that I'm forced to put out a call to listeners of the show. I want to know if anybody listening to this show has ever actually encountered a doctor who has said, oh, on account of um, me loving the Lord, I cannot treat you for X, Y, or Z, or I cannot prescribe this, that, or the other. Um, so, write into mailbag at puntavista.com and let us know if you have actually had anything like this before. Of course, please, you know, don't tell us anything that you wouldn't want us to say on the show and tell us if you would like us to withhold any particular details or anything like that. I'm just really genuinely... I, like, like for me personally, I have never and I have never known anybody who has been to a doctor and had the doctor say, well, I can't prescribe the pill on account of being mad Catholic. Um, so I, I would just really genuinely like to know if anybody has actually encountered this out in the wild please write in to mailbag at buntavista.com and let us know. And we'll give a little little update on the show. Um, oh, hey, the last one here says that a law passed by a state parliament banning the promotion of programs that seek to quote-unquote convert LGBTIQ people could be overridden by the federal attorney general as an infringement on statement of belief. So isn't it great that in the year 2019, we are seeking to put in protections for conversion therapy? Fucking hell. Which which is literally discriminating against folk for their beliefs, right? Like, that is a, an actual and literal act of um, discrimination to say, well, you're too gay for me, so uh, what I might do is just uh, torture you real quick for a few years. 
Yeah, I'm going to permanently or... psychologically damage you when you're at your most vulnerable, uh, and we're going to do this because of some newspaper editorials. It's legal. We're here to make sure that, uh, I guess, Andrew Bolt doesn't get upset. You know. Here are the exemptions uh, under employment. Uh, although the primary aim of the bill is to prohibit religious discrimination, there are a range of exemptions that will allow religious discrimination to continue. I thought, uh, silly me, I thought that was every fucking example that we've read so far. Hmm. Hmm. For example, religious hospitals, aged care providers, or accommodation providers such as retirement villages may discriminate against their staff on the basis of religion, both in terms of hiring and to set code of conduct requiring to them to act in accordance with that faith. A religiously affiliated business may require senior leaders to hold or engage in a particular religious belief or activity where that is an inherent requirement of those positions. I would love to know what business has an inherent requirement of adhering to a particular religion um i feel like that probably doesn't exist an anglican public benevolent institution could require its employees including volunteer workers to uphold and act consistently with anglican doctrines and teachings at work domestic duties a person hiring a live-in nanny or in-home carer services may require that they be of the same religious belief or activity as that person Ah, uh, the Peter Dutton clause. <laughs> May require that you be South African. <laughs> An employer can ask a prospective employee whether they observe any holy days during which they can't work to determine if they can fulfill the inherent oh. requirements of the work. Wow. Oh, do you take Christmas off? Um... What what possible what possible interpretation can we have of that other than to say here is a legal loophole which you can use to overtly attempt to identify somebody's religious beliefs and then exclude them from the hiring process on the basis of that. No, that's it. This one seems like the only example of actual discrimination against someone for their religion as opposed to a form of discrimination you can do because you're religious. This is just being like, Oh, oh you're Hindu. No, I'm sorry. Mm. Oh, you you will need um, a several days during the year to observe a non-Christian religious day? Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then we get down here to social media. An office worker could declare on social media that a fellow employee is in a wheelchair because they are sinful and then urge them to attend a faith healer. The workplace inclusion policy would be overridden by such a statement of belief and any action taken against the offender could be appealed to the Human Rights Commission as religious discrimination. Really just swinging for the fences with this one, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, now just we are in getting... like, what a, like a comically kind of evil thing to just go on social media and say could be. Well, it's interesting because, like, you know, something that we've talked about uh, a lot on this show before is the the many ways in which workplaces now reach further and further into your personal life, whether that be having all types of, you know, social events and retreats and all that kind of thing that you're expected to do, which all kind of bleed into your time that you're not actually supposed to be at work working. 
uh, or whether it be the many policies that say, hey, if you ever post anything on social media, it's you're actually doing it on behalf of your workplace. And if you post something that we don't agree with, it gives us the right to fire you and all that sort of stuff. And so we have all of these ways in which uh, workplaces and corporate interests keep bleeding further and further into our personal lives. But they're not really trying to do anything about that. They're just trying to say that if you are uh, just religiously bigoted and say some fucking awful stuff about somebody that you work with in a public forum, um, that your workplace isn't allowed to say, don't? Hey, maybe please don't do that. Hey, real quick, just um, shut the fuck up now, please. <laughs> well, in in exactly the same way that, like, I w- would think that, you know, probably a, a reasonable social media use policy for a workplace would be to say, like, hey, if you, uh, if you have on your social media profile, you know, I work at the dick sucking factory um, and Tony down at the dick sucking factory is a real piece of shit and I hate that guy. Um, and I hope he dies, that your work would probably be able to say, like, you know, people can pretty easily surmise from this that both you and Tony work at uh, the dick sucking factory, us, your place of employment. Um, This kind of constitutes, you know, an act of harassment of somebody else that you're working with and is a pretty shitty thing to do and also reflects pretty poorly on us and our employees. Um, But as long as you change dick sucking factory out to um, not the same religion as me, uh, and is going to burn in hell forever, then that's all good. It's all gravy, baby. Also, I feel like um, one depressing thing to come out of this is perhaps... Um, now, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just warning as a uh, as a possibility. We are going to see an influx of flying spaghetti monster bumper stickers. Oh, God, you're right. This is awful. And <laughs> that that, to me, is just it's abhorrent to the eye uh don't don't ever uh, if there are photos that ever surface of my uh 1998 uh dark blue hyundai excel Uh-oh. from perhaps a rear aspect i will say ahead of time that those photos are doctored um, <laughs> libel uh slander character assassination mm-hmm well, we will we will get to this in a second. Actually, we'll wheel back around to this because we have we'll one get more. to that photo that we have. <laughs> we have an example here about schooling, and I find it very interesting that the example they've chosen here is a Jewish school may require that its staff and students be Jewish and accordingly refuse to hire or admit someone because they were not Jewish. And I find it interesting because the example that is always kind of used here is um, Catholic schools because I think they are the, the sort of predominant mode of private education within Australia. Um, but also Catholic schools are kind of interesting in that they're also a... They're also like a... As, as a educational um, institution, they are just as much about like status and wealth and um, access to social networks and all that kind of thing as they are about any form of religious teaching, right? Do we all agree with that? Mm-hmm. Um, that for, you know, for example, um, current Labour Labor Party leader Anthony Albanese attended the oldest Catholic school in Australia um, in a fancy Sydney suburb. So, 
it's obvious that there's a lot of Catholic schooling that is like old boys club kind of stuff. Um, and, and yeah, just the, the fanciest Sydney private schools. So when they do things like say, we fired our gardener because we found out he was gay. It sort of has you asking questions like, you seem to be doing overt discrimination for a place that also uh, charges shitloads of money to students who are not Catholic as your entire business model, you know? But we also hear people sort of say when that criticism is brought up, oh, would you say the same thing if it was like a, um, an Islamic school that refused to hire somebody who was not Muslim? Um, so I find it interesting that they've kind of settled in the middle here and said, uh, what if it was a Jewish school that didn't hire a Jewish person? <laughs> I feel like they have very deliberately skirted around talking about either Christianity or, or Islam in this example. Yeah, and I think there's a kind of um, corollary to this in that if this came about and if it became uh, socially encouraged to actually pursue this option that the financial base for every single Catholic private school in the country would be utterly fucked, right? To say, hey, um, students, if you can all just gather in this room, um, real, real quick, everyone just raise your hand if you're actually Catholic. Just, just like if you're, don't, don't put your hand up if you're um, like wavering, if you're not sure, if you're still uh, at a time in your life when you're working out how the world runs. Um, everyone with your hands up, uh, that's cool. You can go to the next room where you can keep going to school. Uh, in fact, just go back to your classes. Uh, everyone else, um, don't bother coming in tomorrow. See ya. Like, the, like that's an actual option that Catholic schools are going to pursue because, it, like you said, they are like banking on... Um, non-Catholic people going there for the prestige because Catholic schools are the default um, prestige school option in Australia. Yeah. Um, so, here's, here's the last example here in terms of the flying spaghetti monster. Um, accommodation camps and conference sites. Uh, so, the rule here that they're seeking is that religious camps and conference sites may discriminate against another person on the grounds of religious belief or activity in the provision of accommodation. Uh, this is an exemption lobbied for by the Sydney Anglican Church with reference to this example. Anglican Youth Works should be able to reject an application from the First Church of Satan to hold a black mass at one of their campsites. <laughs> Boy. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, f- first Ooh. of all... Um, I- I feel like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just their online presence, but the Church of Satan is insufferable. I have nothing oh, absolutely. against their, they are, their morals. Um, it's They're just the Church of Libertarians. It <laughs> fucking sucks. Um, but, but also, like, do they really want to just pull at this thread a little? Is this a thread that they want to pull at? Because doesn't the entire thing start to unravel? If you can uh, discriminate in a in a workplace or what have you against um, other religious beliefs, I don't. It it seems like they the the space that they're trying to in, inhabit with this is very small. Yeah. Uh, yes, whether or not you can then turn to another religion and say, "Hey, except you guys." Yeah. Yep, none of that, please. It's just, I think, you know, and I don't want to go all Richard Dawkins here. 
But Please the, don't. Uh, put, you, put your calipers away. They took my honey. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, the fact that we can make a legal distinction between different types of strongly held personal belief, you know? Like, if you have a strong personal belief uh, that is uh, religious in nature, so you can say, hey, um, I actually don't want you to use my campground if you are Muslim. Versus if you have a strong secular belief that the Catholic Church church fucking sucks, you couldn't say, hey, like this, you no provision in this bill would allow this. The fact that we can distinguish between those when really the, like, the difference between them is that one of them has dress-ups? I, I just, I don't know. It's a weird one. I feel like you're exploring this, Ben, perhaps as a test case, though, for your own very real discrimination because they won't let you into campsites because you keep building gigantic shrines to Bigfoot. Well, yep, I'm not going to put them in a, in an urban area, obviously, because no. he's not going to see no. those. So because he's a man of the woods. Yes. Some disturbing, woods. some disturbing footage has shown up on YouTube of Ben shouting at an Anglican camp counsellor. <laughs> it's not a wicker man, it's a wicker wood ape. He's real. It's not worship. It's not. It's not I'm worship. Not, he's not he's a god. Real. He's like a person, sort of, kind of. He's an it's alien. Not, he's ancient. Uh, it's he, complicated. Yeah. First off, false idol implies <laughs> that he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so absolute dog shit stuff. Um, I mean, you know, I I would say, like, hey, take some kind of action about this and like write into your local representative. Um, they were taking all of the submissions on this beforehand. They received like thousands and thousands of them. And apparently the overwhelming majority of them were this sucks shit. And that's from like religious and non-religious groups. But of course they're just pushing ahead with it anyway. So while I would love to say, um, you know, get out there, mobilize, take some form of action. I think that this is an issue that. Uh, the Australian government is very determined to push forward on completely regardless of what the public's perception of it is like, what the actual need for any of this sort of stuff is like. I mean, there was a lot of um, a lot of people observed last week that while uh, hundreds of simultaneous bushfire, bushfires were killing people and ravaging the entire eastern coast of Australia, um, you know, the Prime Minister flew into Sydney where you couldn't see 10 feet in front of you because of the thickness of the smoke that was setting off smoke alarms inside office buildings um, and gave a press conference and it was about this bill and how this was a thing that needed to be advanced. So, you know, I mean, I, I, wish, I wish that there were any kind of relevant thing to say in terms of voicing opposition to this or anything like that, but it seems to be a thing that they're just going to press ahead with despite seemingly a a unanimous reception from the entire country that is like what are you doing nobody is asking for this nobody wants this except for like three psychotic opinion writers at the australian uh so that sucks so you know let's talk about something nowhere near as bleak let's talk <laughs> over to nature corner and have a quick chat about the fact that um two pigs have been engineered to have monkey cells in China. Country 
From this article in, I believe it's the New Scientist, uh, <laughs> pig primate chimeras have been born live for the first time, but died within a week. Success. The, the two, <laughs> the two piglets. Number one, we need a better name. Yep. Not Chimpons. piglets. Uh, monk, monk, monklets. Pig, monk, mug, muglets. Piglets. Pigmates. No. Uh, Pigmates? No. Piglies? No. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh my god. We'll the workshop two, this. The two piglies look normal enough, although a small proportion of their cells were derived from uh-huh. Cynomolgus monkeys. Yeah, that sounds right. This is the for- first report of full term pig monkey Kai Bearers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, let me let me read that again. Go on. This mm-hmm. is the first report of full-term pig monkey chimeras, uh, said Tang Hai terrifyingly at the yeah. State <laughs> King Laboratory of Stem Cell and Reproductive Biology in Beijing. Imagine getting up to the, to the podium with like this huge smile on your face, being like, folks, we've done it. Very we have- pleased to report. We're, we're very pleased to report uh, we have murdered God and created <laughs> full-term pig, pig monkey chimeras. To me, this has the Any same attitude. Any questions? Uh, Futurama, Al Gore dropping through the ceiling to a climate conference on rockets and just saying, I have ridden the mighty moon worm. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, yeah, I think of um, Homer and the Simpsons when they're building the rocket, talking about breaking the, breaking the bonds of gravity and punching the face of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness So apparently the ultimate aim of the work Is to grow human organs in animals For transplantation But the results show there is still a long way to go To achieve this the team says Oh what a shame This uh, is uh, I, f- I feel like I'm sure they know what they're doing Right I mean <laughs> they made uh, Full term pig primate Chimeras but I can't really see Their path from point A To point B more cells. You start with, right, but you start with um, piglets that die a week and they've got a tiny bit of monkey and enough monkey to kill them in them, but not enough for them to be monkeys or look like monkeys. Um, ah, but, but, but. And then oh, you kind of scale it up. All right. Ten piglets were born as a result of more than 4,000 embryos being planted in cells, of which two were chimeras. All died within a week. In the chimeric oh piglets, multiple tissues, including in the heart, liver, spleen, lung, and skin, partly <laughs> consisted of monkey cells, but the proportion was low between 1 in 1,000 and 1 in 10,000. Now, uh-huh. the, yep. first, the first issue here is, look, the, the proportion... They say that the piglets look normal, but the proportion of monkey cells was too low for to, to be like these organs are useful if the point is to make organs that can be transplanted i know for my from my point of view i would love to have a pig monkey chimera spleen implanted into me um oh i mean that's the dream isn't it my question is as the proportion gets high enough for the organs to start being usefully harvestable what does the pig monkey chimera start to look like Uh, it's exactly what you're picturing 
Mm-hmm. Terrifying. It's yep. the thing. It's the thing that um that keeps coming out of the transporter in the fly when he's fucking Absolutely. it up. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm Ins- picturing inside like- out microwaved <laughs> looking thing. I reckon it would be one of those, like, you know, the really, really, really weird and esoteric Japanese folklore creatures where you're like, oh. this one is a monkey with the head of a pig. And every time you put your shoes down, he takes your shoes unless <laughs> you give him gold. And if you don't, he will blind you. <laughs> and the shoes will not be coming back. Also, I was thinking, like, this this is a job that sucks, right? This is not a... This must be a horrible job to perform, but I wonder whether after like the 5,000th um, chimp pig chimera grabs the barrel of your shotgun and <laughs> places it against its own head. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> Kill me. Whether like some... <laughs> whether some of the shine comes off. Um, so... Let me allay one of your concerns, Theo. Oh, please. Because I have many. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a a checklist on like one of those never-ending rolls of computer paper, you know. Uh, It is unclear why the piglets died, says Hi, but because the non-chimeric pigs died as well, the team suspects it is to do with the IVF process rather than the chimerism. IVF doesn't work nearly as well in pigs as it does in humans and some other animals. Which is... The, what a sentence. IVF... You know, and IVF is so expensive. If you're a pig couple, uh, you know, you're paying, you, you know, five figures to your doctor and you're getting your bloody IVF done and you just know the chances are so low. You've got to put aside 30% of your slop every week to save <laughs> up and... <sighs> So the team is now trying to create healthy animals with a higher proportion of monkey cells. If that is successful, the next step would be to try to create pigs in which one organ is composed entirely of primate cells. Oh, no. We gave this pig a monkey heart. It's the dick. It's it's just a (laughs) big old monkey's dick. Oh, dear. So... Something like this has already been achieved in rodents. In 2010, Hiromitsu Nakauchi, now at Stanford University in California, instead of being locked up somewhere, created mice with rat pancreases by genetically modifying the mice so their own cells couldn't develop into a pancreas. I feel like they leaned too hard on the words something like this because mice are basically rats. Yeah, that's such a low bar of being like, this is incredible. We took the genes of a snail and gave it slug DNA. We, we bred a dashend with corgi legs. <laughs> and it is a freak. <laughs> now, Ben, we've talked about this before, haven't we, on the show, where, uh, like, how much of the time you look at articles that say, scientists find that humans could soon be able to have bat wings grafted onto them or whatever. Um, and then you like... I believe Ben's got a Google alert set up for that. Yes. <laughs> well, I really do want bat wings, but yes. But but the like any time that you look at a headline like that and you then go about reverse engineering the actual origin of it's this story. Mice. It is through a series of articles going back and back until you finally get to the original thing that says, uh, hey, we did this with like... Um, you know, 100 million mice and we were able to successfully graft a bat wing onto one of them one time and it died a week later. This suggests the possibility of doing more lab testing of this variety in the future. And people take that and go, humans with bat wings. Um, but good news, everybody. 
2017. Yes. Well, in 2017, Juan Carlos Belmonte's team at the Salk Institute in California created pig-human chimeras. But only around one in 100,000 cells were human, and for ethical reasons, question mark, (laughs) (laughs) the embryos were only allowed to develop for a month. The concern is that a chimera's brain could be partly human. That is a concern. That is concerning. (sighs) This is why... (laughs) A little worried uh, that this pig might have the brain of a five-year-old human child. Uh, little, little concerned that our, that our pig human chimera could harbor thoughts of revenge. <laughs> it understands simple machines, mm-hmm. Look, revenge, inter- and navigation. Just enough You're human fucked. cells to make this pig racist. Mm. <laughs> this we, pig human em- chimera sucks, we gotta say. We are very concerned that when the pig human chimera lays down and drifts off to sleep, um, that a series of dreams come to it in which it pictures visiting a terrible, terrible vengeance on us, its creators, for our awful hubris. The, the scientists are studying its legs, kind of kicking about in hypnic jerks as it sleeps. Like, oh, look, he thinks he's going to work. <laughs> the pig. Meanwhile, the pig thinks that it's um, curb stomping a series of scientists out the front of the lab that it's broken out of. <laughs> Um, have any of these people ever seen a movie? You know? Apparently not. A single movie. Um, so apparently that is why High and his team use monkey rather than human cells, but while the proportion of monkey cells in their chimeras is higher than the proportion of human cells in Belmonte's chimeras, it is still very low. I feel like they may have actually seen Duncan checks in. They want just enough human cells for a monkey to kind of skate. I'm I'm not going to be able to let this pass. Otherwise, we'll receive several angry voicemails from yep. wife of yep. the show, Dunstan. Dave. Dunstan. Dunstan. Okay, Dunstan so first of all, in. haven't seen it. <laughs> That's it. Oh, so um, so let, let's wrap this up on a final quote here. Um, Given the extremely low chimeric efficiency and the deaths of all the animals. I actually see this as fairly discouraging, <laughs> says stem cell biologist Paul Knopfler. At says the, University the one of sane person we interviewed for this article. I, I would more be asking, like, did not the fact that you were doing this in the first place uh, strike you as very discouraging? Uh, excuse me? Okay. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Um, and hey, just before we get out of here. Uh, there was, in fact, one other article from the New Scientist that I that I peeped while looking this up. Uh, recordings reveal that plants make ultrasonic squeals when stressed. Cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to. It's not what I needed this week. You're hurting okay. everything around you. Yep. Uh huh. <sighs> Uh, I also Take make ultrasonic squeals Take when that. I'm stressed, but I don't get a new scientist article. <laughs> Although it has been revealed in recent years that plants are capable of seeing, hearing, and smelling, they are still usually thought of as silent. But now, for the first time, they've been recorded <laughs> making airborne sounds when stressed, which researchers say could open up a new field of precision agriculture where farmers listen. What is the field? Plant screamology. A new field of precision agriculture where farmers listen for water-starved crops. Huh. 
Itzhak Kayat and his colleagues at Tel Aviv University in Israel found that tomato and tobacco, tomacco, oh my God, tomacco plants. Tomato and tomacco. You say tomato, tomato, I say tobacco. I say tomato. <laughs> tomato and tobacco plants made sounds at frequencies humans cannot hear when stressed by a lack of water or when their stem is cut. Oh boy. Uh, so basically, at any given time, especially in Australia in our current drought scenario, all around you are the unheard screams of dying plants begging for water. Just begging for a drink, just a sip. Now, uh, what I... P- but you, but you have been watering some of your own flowers and then you go out and make yourself a nice little bouquet and they all scream when they're being murdered. So, I think we could introduce um, just enough pig cells to these plants uh, so that they can actually scream. Just enough pig cells. Mm-hmm. Just, just the right about. Just a dash. The Goldilocks zone of Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I feel like that's enough existential horror for one week. Don't you, fellas? Yep. And that's definitely the worst thing that happened this week. Uh-huh. Uh, now to return yeah. to our but usual lives. Oh, my oh, goodness. Um, yes, let us very, very briefly say condolences to our comrades in the UK on your very crushing election defeat uh, that has made us all extremely sad. I called in um, to our friends, the Trash Future podcast. They were doing their live election coverage. I woke up in the morning on Friday and I went to work uh, blissfully unaware, rode my bike in, nice bit of exercise, sat down at my desk and uh, woke up, uh, sorry, well, you know, looked, looked on the internet and saw that it seemed like uh, Labour were getting absolutely crushed. And uh, dialed into the podcast where they were in the, I guess, they were in the stages that we were on on our own election live stream when we saw that, like, Peter Dutton had retained his seat and it looked like the Liberals were winning lots and lots of seats. And we were kind of at this stage of, like, hey, the exit polls seem to be indicating that everything's going horrifically wrong. Maybe it could turn around? And it absolutely didn't. Oh, no. Um, so, you know, very depressing stuff. Uh, I I wish I could offer any kind of positive viewpoint on this. Distressingly, it looks like the takeaway for a lot of people are going is going to be like, you know what everyone really wants to vote for is fascism. So that's a huge bummer. Yes, uh, it is. Everything kind of sucks. And, try uh, and think about something positive instead, like all the pig-human chimeras that could be abseiling in through your windows to snatch <laughs> your family anytime soon. Well, I mean, I, I mean, you joke, but <laughs> in the... Uh, sorry, Ben. Sorry. What, what was that? Oh, uh, my God. S- sorry, let me say that again. <laughs> Squeal Team 6. Squeal Team 6, oh, baby. boy. God damn. No, God I can't damn. beat that. What? Let's, that's it. <laughs> wrap it up. Let's wrap okay. it up. Folks, if you want to write into the show... Um, send us a question send us a story tell us you love us don't tell us you hate us we're all very tender and fragile we're nice boys please don't do it Um, you can write into mailbag at buntavista.com if you would like to leave us a voicemail Uh, Australian listeners can call in on 1-800-317-515 and American listeners can call 732-876-3446 and we will listen to your messages 
and we may well respond to them on the show. Now, before um, we finish up, Andrew, can I just... On, um, I'm not finished doing my oh, spiel. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, spiel. yeah, sorry. I have, to, I have to try and split the spiel in the right spot. You go. You dumbass. Um, and if you Terrible. would like an extra bonus episode every week, we do two episodes a week. If you would like to support the show, uh, then just head on over to patreon.com slash Vista. Five American dollars a month will get you an extra bonus episode every week and all the other dumb shit that we do. Theo. Um, so I've just seen on, on Twitter a very beguiling kind of fact. If you zoom out to the right position um, on Google Maps, um, now a full southern half of the Brisbane CBD uh, has the suburb name Frog's Hollow. I also just saw that and I there is no way that's true. How is that? I'm, I'm looking at right now, and I cannot wait to visit scenic Frog's Hollow. Frog's uh, Hollow, Brisbane. Frog's Hollow, 4000 QLD. Uh, get How amongst about it. this? Scenic Frog's Hollow. Huh. There you go. Uh, I guess we will leave, uh, leave Ben to just try and grapple with this. It sounds like yeah, his we'll universe s- has been we'll upended. We'll see you in Frog's Hollow. Yeah. Entirely shattered. Unbelievable. All right, everybody. Thanks, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.